What's going on, my people? You're listening to The Score, an urban music education podcast hosted by Eric and Justin, where we discuss tips and strategies on how to become a more effective, compassionate, and culturally responsive music educator. What's going on, my people? This is Eric, and I'm one of your hosts for The Score. Welcome to episode 92, article reading, My Pretend Music School by Ivan Trevino. Hey, you know, I wanted to check in with y'all. It's been a while since I dropped one of these article readings, and one of our just most recent guests, Aaron Stabell, had shared this article by one of his best friends, Ivan Trevino, who currently serves as one of the faculty at the University of Texas. And it it just resonated so much with me. Ideally, he's outlining his dream school, his dream music school. And I think all of us that have either going through it or have graduated from one can reflect back and say, man, I wish I had this. Uh, I was missing this course or I, I should have learned more about doing X, Y and or Z. And essentially, he kind of outlines that. Now, this article is from 2014. When I received permission, he did mention that, you know, it was a little bit outdated in regards to 2014, but everything that he said was pretty much still applicable to today. I hope you enjoy it. This is one of those that um, made me think, made me question, made me uh, share with some of my colleagues and friends that are in this academic space that are willing uh, to break the mold, to be innovative, to create courses and experiences for our undergraduate and graduate students that more readily reflect the current industry and education space that we are living in in 2023. I hope you enjoy. My Pretend Music School, Ivan Trevino, September 21st, 2014. I'm not employed by a university. I perform and compose music. That's my job. So it's easier for me to speak out in an unfiltered way about music schools, their curriculum, and why I think it should be different. No one can fire me for speaking my mind. So I'm going to let it fly. Here it goes. That's how we've always done it. We can't lose who we are as an institution. We have expectations that we need to meet. These are all answers that I've heard from real-life music deans and professors when I asked why music schools haven't evolved. They always get a little uncomfortable when I ask questions like, why is the curriculum the same today as it was 50 years ago? Shouldn't we evolve with the changing culture around us? Why is the orchestral repertoire so highly studied while the popular music genre is completely ignored? These questions can sometimes push people's buttons. I once was asked, well, if you think things need to change, what would your ideal music school look like? I've thought a little bit about this and I've come up with some ideas. Here's what my pretend music school would look like. Every student at my pretend music school is required to take a class in audiovisual production, how to operate a camera, sync recorded audio to video, learn about aperture, brightness, editing, splicing, etc. Why a required AV class? Other than playing live, online videos are currently the biggest platform for reaching new audiences, which is critical to a musician's survival. If this means I omit a semester of music history from my pretend music school's curriculum, then so be it. It's that important. Just look at Evan Monroe Chapman, a perfect example of a musician, videographer, and completely awesome and creative person. Evan has created a platform to showcase his music skills because of his video skills. Since we don't live in the same area, I might not know how sweet Evan is at percussion, even if it weren't for his awesome videos. Now, I follow his career and own his record. 
I'm a fan. At my music school, every student will develop these skills and graduate with a basic online portfolio, including a YouTube channel, SoundCloud page, and a website. Career Counseling Every student at my school will have frequent meetings with career counselors. This will be more than just a one-time meeting to discuss interview skills like make your weaknesses your strengths. It will be a comprehensive plan to figure out student goals and more importantly, actively doing those things to reach those goals while in school. By the time a student graduates, they should have already planted seeds to build a career. This could mean releasing a solo album, commissioning a fellow student composer, starting a band, creating an outreach program at inner city schools, or taking orchestral auditions while in school. My career counselors will also be active in the field of music. I want my students to get advice from people presently doing the things in the field. Less large ensembles, more chamber music. Given the amount of orchestra and concert band jobs currently available, why does a music student have to take so many semesters of large ensembles? While certainly important historical and pedagogical genres of music, the amount of time typically spent in these groups doesn't equate to the amount of jobs actually available in those fields. Last I checked, the amount of chamber groups are growing while the number of orchestras are decreasing. Shouldn't the school's curriculum adjust to meet these changes? My pretend school will have large ensembles, but will also focus on chamber music, string quartets, quintets, rock bands, jazz combos, mixed ensembles, ukulele band, whatever. My students will be in charge of choosing what their chamber group is like, what genre they play, what music they play, where they play, their instrumentation, etc. Music theory, composing and arranging. Having experience composing and arranging can create supplemental sources of income for musicians. For example, marching band arrangements, chamber music arrangements of large works, and even writing your own music, which gives you your own voice as a performer. Just remember, when someone asks you to arrange C.S. Chandelier for piano and cello for their wedding, you should be able to do it. I mean, why not have the skill and make some extra income? Maybe this means we ax the last semester of atonal theory in favor of some more practical theoretical skills that we can immediately use in our post-college lives. My pretend school will have pour over coffee and ice cream readily available at all times. These things make people happy. Ice cream. Classical music will be a focus at my school, but so will other genres of music. For example, students should know how to play and improvise in many different styles. Don't turn down gigs because you don't play rock. You do want to make money, so you should have the skills to do so in many different musical contexts. Which is why my students will all improvise. Yep, that liberal arts class you hardly ever go to will not exist in my pretend music school. Instead, you'll go to a class focusing on improvisation and creativity. Not that the liberal arts classes are a bad thing. It's good to be well-rounded. But if your liberal arts classes has absolutely nothing to do with what you want to be doing, you probably shouldn't be paying for it. Of course, there are private lessons with really great faculty members at my school. You have to be really good at your instrument. Scales, arpeggios, technical exercises, standard repertoire for your instrument, etc., my band member Patrick Laird, who's one of the most accomplished rock cellists I know of, says he wouldn't have been able to do what he does without the strict classical training he received from his private teacher at Eastman. So yes, you still have to practice and be really good. Eurythmics. Eurythmics is required. If you can't walk, clap, and sing in time, you shouldn't have a degree from my pretend music school. Required music business classes. 
Do I even have to explain this one? Standing room only concert halls. Yes, my school will have standing room only concert and recital halls with a bar readily available. Cheering will be encouraged. Have a good time. Music. On that note, my school will have a bi-weekly open mic night to encourage student performances. None of this one recital a year business. If you're at a music school, you should be performing all of the time on a regular basis. That's how you get better at performing. My music school will be located somewhere where the weather is perfect. Perfect weather. The DMA. I've thought long and hard about whether my school should offer a DMA degree. Okay, maybe I didn't think super hard about it, but I did think about it. I started thinking about the amount of DMA graduates currently in the world versus how many jobs are actually available. It is scary to think about. Do I really want to send even more DMA graduates out into the world and encourage even more national student loan debt? Put them in a position where they potentially start their lives with what amounts to a mortgage in a job market that is mainly producing adjunct jobs with no benefits? Sorry for being dark, but it seems the education system in this country has developed a must-have DMA protocol for acquiring any sort of college teaching job, even at the community college level. That's crazy to me. Maybe not to you, but it is to me. It's also especially startling when I think about the fact that none of my former college percussion teachers have DMA degrees. None of them. And they are all wildly successful master teachers and performers and essentially shape the landscape of classical percussion music. But times change. And since colleges are in the business of selling degrees, they want you to have one. I guess that makes sense. I guess. Perhaps a blog post for another days. For grins, let's pretend my pretend school has a DMA program. Here are the things I would focus on. Performance. If you graduate with a DMA from my school, you damn well better be a beast at your instrument. If you're not, how will you compete with other beastly peers from other schools? My pretend school's DMAs will be beastly performers. Teaching. If the purpose of acquiring a DMA to teach at a college Shouldn't your degree be less about the academics outside of your field and more about the stuff in your field? I'm not sure a DMA candidate should spend months on end studying for a test that is mostly irrelevant to their end goal. Shouldn't it be about bettering yourself as a teacher, building a sustainable studio and program, focusing on your field of study, repertoire, teaching pedagogy, lesson plans, etc.? My pretend school will focus on the actual stuff you need for your job, which ultimately leads to becoming a great teacher which should be the definitive end goal of a DMA program. My pretend DMAs will be beastly teachers and educators. Recruiting and outreach is the third thing my DMA program focuses on, and probably every degree at my school. What does that even mean? Well, why would a college hire you if you can't fundamentally rally behind your cause? Once you get a job, you have to get students to want to study with you. You want to come to such and such college to learn from you. If you can't keep the numbers up, your job will very well diminish or get cut altogether. If you don't have the personal skills to get out there, meet people, community build, and inspire people to want to study with you, then it'll be hard to land a job or worse, keep a job. So maybe some of those irrelevant tests and courses are replaced with seminars and classes in interpersonal skills and community building. My pretend DMAs will be beastly interviewees and community leaders. Ice cream and coffee. I know, I said that already. Of course, there are schools out there to break the mold, which is great. I, for one, extremely value my education from Eastman School of Music, as it always has been a school aware of the pulse of our industry and one that encourages creativity. 
Bands like Break of Reality, Alarm Will Sound, Jack Quartet, and Sound Exchange all started at Eastman. So that says something to me. And yes, I called them bands. Man's School of Music has updated its curriculum significantly, which is awesome. So it's happening, but I would love to see it happen at a much faster rate across the country. What if your school isn't evolving? That doesn't mean you can't. Host your own open mic night. Write some music even if you don't know what you're doing. Start a band. Hire a public speaking coach to come work on your interpersonal skills or start a YouTube channel. Got any more ideas for an ideal music school? Speak out and share them. If we can create enough noise, we can at least turn some heads and create some self-evaluation from the schools we invest our time, energy, money, and futures in. That's what I'm hoping for. This has been another production of The Score. Connect with us on social media at PodTheScore. Send us an email, PodTheScore at gmail.com, or visit our website, RevivalMusicProject.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, do us a huge favor. Rate and review us. This will help us reach even more listeners. Intro music by Justin McLean. The rotation and outro music by Ben Borges. And as always, let's continue to impact these lives through the vehicle of music. Music.